listening to the Pasco Podcast with Dan Biles. Well, welcome. I'm Dan Biles, and I want to welcome you to our first episode of Pasco Podcast. In this series, we'll be discussing leadership and public service. Now, first, we'd like to thank our sponsors, the 540,000 residents of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we are able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to explore topics of interest to public servants and to help build leadership skills and leverage them for success. The best way to share this insight is through the experiences of our peers, their successes, and their challenges. We hope this inspires you to pursue leadership development goals. Now, joining us today for our first episode, we have Kathy Pearson, the Assistant County Administrator for Public Services, and Keith Wiley, Director of Parks and Recreation, Parks, Recreation and Natural Resources. Now, first, as we get started, Kathy and Keith, I'll let you go first. Kathy, can you just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. And then we'll get into the questions when we're done. Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm Kathy Pearson, the Assistant County Administrator for Public Services, which is a, a wide variety of serving our citizens mostly on the social aspects of it, parks, libraries, uh, PCBT, our transportation, veterans, human services, community development, and animal services, and an array of different things. And been with the county for about five and a half years, been in um, Pasco, uh, in this position for about 17 years overall with county government and a wide variety of um, public services. I was private before I came to public. So a little bit about me. All right. Thank you. Keith? Hi, everybody. I'm Keith Wiley. I'm the Director of Parks, Recreation, and Natural Resources. Uh, I'm a Florida native. Proud of that. Um, basically, uh, got a degree in wildlife biology from Colorado State University. Uh, been with the county for about 10 years. Um, started their, uh, actually started with their environmental lands program. And then about four, four or five years ago, we merged with the parks team and became that long title that's difficult to, to say, mm -hmm. uh, Parks, Recreation, and Natural Resources. Uh, I actually think it's important, it's always important to me to, to have some meaningful occupation that I gave back to the community and found myself in, in the public sector and have been there pretty much uh, all 15, 16 years. So. All right. Well, thanks. So as we go into this, you know, the county has mission, vision, values. You know, we want to be Florida's premier county. Uh, we mission is our we serve our community to create a better future and then we have the values integrity respect service excellence and innovation so as you go about your day-to-day -day work in your roles how do you use your specific leadership philosophy to kind of embed those things into the organization you want me to go first so sure. i will tell you i am a totally different leader than i was 20 years ago and so as you learn and you go through your leadership um, journey I look back at myself 20 years ago and I was very, um, I probably was a leader for me and not for the people. And now I feel I'm more of a, um, I care, I really care for my people, um, but I also want to challenge them directly when they're doing something that may need to be improved on. So those have been some challenges for me through the whole journey and I've learned from a lot of folks as you've had good bosses and you had bad bosses. And I probably was a bad boss at one time that somebody's learned from me. Um, but I've also learned from my bad bosses not what to do. So it's been um, a real challenge. And you just have to really, my biggest thing is you really got to show you care for your folks. Right. Okay. Well, thanks. So I'll start with saying that I don't think Kathy's a bad boss at all. So she's, <laughs> she's actually my boss. Um, I I'm think different. It, remember. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I, I think um, for me it gets back to that meaningful, you know, contribution back to the community and getting the team to kind of buy into 
uh, what they do, though it may not be evident to them, like as they do their day-to-day routine, that what they do does impact someone in the community. So I think what I always try to do is um, get them to see that some way. So uh, there was a time about two years ago now, I went to a meeting uh, out at Wesley Chapel District Park, it was around 7.30 at night, and um, I walked out, I got out of the car, and there was Every, every field was, was booming. There was kids, parents everywhere. Thousands, it seemed like there was thousands of people. And the, Brian Taylor was the manager uh, uh, for the Parkside, was also with me. We were going to go to a, a league meeting, so that's, uh, that's always fun to attend at night. But he said, what are you looking at? And I said, have you ever taken the team outside of their daily shift and bring them to like this time of the day so they can see that mowing the fields, fertilizer, fencing, all that stuff, that all allow you know a safe playing surface that allows all this to happen it was just a very it was a big moment for me uh, at least in my career uh, as i you know kind of merged into the parks world but i think that's important to get those folks to see that what they do they may not see it every day they they need to because sometimes that just might be the difference between someone doing an ama- you know an, an okay job and an amazing job right so. if i can add a little yeah. bit so another another thing that um I want to tag on a little bit about that. So there's been a, a documentary out on Garth Brooks, and it was aired this week. And and I'm a huge country western fan, so and he's probably one of the greatest country artists around. And he has a way of um, of knowing how to really present himself. And one of the things he said in this documentary was, you know, great entertainers, great entertainers perform for the people. They don't perform for themselves. And I took that as leadership. That's the same with leadership. As to be a good leader, we have to make sure we're, we're there for them and not for ourselves. And that has been one of the biggest lessons that I've learned through my journey is that you have to be there for your folks. You have to connect with them. And Garth Brooks connects with his audience, and we have to connect with our folks. If you don't have that connection, you don't have trust, you don't have anything. So you got to connect with them. Right. So we won't discuss greatest country and western singers because I would have voted for George Strait. But, <laughs> but he's up there too. Yeah. Yeah. So I said one of them. Yeah, one of them. <laughs> no, uh, you, the, you might have said D. I think you said, I think you said D. Yeah, yeah, I think you said D. Okay. <laughs> so, it, it, and those are great. And, you know, I, I look at it and, you know, we've, we talk a lot uh, the, about our people. You know, we talk a leadership philosophy of taking care of our people, serving our people. And while we don't necessarily you know, use the word servant leadership a lot, the philosophies there behind it about just taking care of our people, making sure they have the tools, resources necessary to do their job. So as in terms of leadership, you know, when I look back, you know, my biggest influence was probably my dad over in developing my leadership skills until I left and went to a and and the Corps and then the military after that. And, may, and really because you know, he spent, he, he, he was a pastor. Mm-hmm. He was churches, right? And so that brand of servant leadership he brought to that is kind of what built my leadership philosophy over time. And so so the question really uh, for you and I want to talk about it a little bit is, uh, so who's been your biggest le- f- influence on your life is f- with respect to leadership? Mm-hmm. I have a couple of them. So I, and I was going to say my mom, because my mom, I, I lost my dad um, at a very young age. So my mom, I was four. My dad passed away from a massive heart attack, and my mom was from the philosophy, she didn't even know how to write a checkbook. 
She didn't even know how to write a check. She didn't know how to balance a book. She didn't know anything. Dad took care of all that. So she was left with a 10, 4, and a newborn. And so when my mom had to learn all those things, she instilled in us that. And I knew right from there I had to become a leader. I had to be able to make sure that I can sustain and take care of myself. And so I learned that from her. And that's been a big part of my leadership. The second person is is a county administrator that I did have on a former job. And he was a county commissioner for eight years. And then he became the county administrator. And so when I came into public service, I came from the private world, had no idea what public service, you know, how the public, the private, private purposes public, that's totally different. I wanted to know why we couldn't get things done today. <laughs> and I, it was a, why does a it way take I had seven to months? learn. I had to right. learn that. Right. And he taught me that. But the biggest lesson I learned from him is he knew how to be ahead of the game. He knew how to be transparent. He knew how to make sure that um, you were in front of the story and not behind the story. Be in front of the story. And the other thing I learned from him is you could walk into a room and he would mingle with every person in there and he didn't ask you what your title was. He didn't ask you whether you were the janitor or the, the mechanic or he mingled with everybody and everybody felt so important because of that. And so those are probably my two biggest right. influences for okay. me. Okay. All right. So I don't have I don't have a positive dad story, um, but uh, <laughs> just um, I didn't have a very good relationship with him. But I did have an uncle, um, Uncle Bud, and um, he kind of was that mentor, you know, father figure for me. And uh, he used to work at uh, he actually passed away of cancer about five or six years ago. He used to work at Valpac down in Pinellas County as vice president. It's like a coupon right. mailing company, mm -hmm. big. You know, it was small, but turned into a big, pretty, pretty big business. Uh, he used to. When I was younger, he would take me to his office all the time, and we would always go in through the back door. And, I, and he had this Jaguar and always dressed nice, and and it would take forever to get to his office because I was, you know, I was a little guy. But he, it would take forever because he'd go in through the back, like at the the more the docks, mm -hmm. and he he would talk to like everybody, you know, how you doing, what's going on, you know, and and I would be like Uncle Bud, why? why don't you just go into the front, <laughs> you know? And he says, well, this is, that's my time that I can, you know, get to, you know, talk to the team and get to know what their issues are, see how they're doing, how their family is and whatnot. And he always used to tell me, the work is easy, right? Work for your people, and then you'll have to really do less at the end of the day because right. they're going to do amazing stuff for you. Right. Um, and, and so he always instilled in me, uh, you know, that the relationship piece, and this is something that we're, as an organization, we're talking about all the mm -hmm. time now, but we hadn't been for a while, so it's very refreshing for me to, to be a part of the team now. But he just said, yeah, be loyal to your people, show, show them through actions that you care about them, and, and the team as a whole will just, you'll have success in your career. And so I've just taken that to heart. Okay. So, so how, what are some ways that both of you I mean, you, you know, the branch public services. I mean, two words covers a vast array of different services we offer, uh, from libraries to public transportation to veteran services to elderly nutrition. How do you take this philosophy in all those arenas? And then, kind of, Keith, you, I mean, everything from the the natural resources, uh, bugs and bunny stuff, to soccer and soccer moms and all the league yeah. stuff you have to deal with. How do you take those philosophies 
across that vast array of, of responsibilities that you have? You have to trust your people. And that's the biggest thing. You have to empower your people. I can't be there every spot. I can't talk to every citizen. So that's why we have the people, um, our team, our teammates that do that. And you have to be able to let them make their mistakes, let them shine, praise them, and encourage them. That's the biggest thing. You've got to encourage your team to be able to go out and take care of that. I'm here for them when they run into a roadblock. Or I'm here from them if they want to bounce something off of me that maybe they're not quite sure of. But I'm there for them if they need me to come to a meeting, like I did with Keith. And the look he was giving me that night. Yes, when ma'am. He was, <laughs> and and with the, with the, um, with the uh, Little Leagues and all of that. So I was there more for encouragement. Keith did the whole thing. His team did the whole thing. But I was there for encouragement because I wanted to be there to support him. And that's big because, I mean, that, that actually – that support l- – gives you the confidence to, to do what you need to do at that moment in time mm-hmm. and not having it, I think, you know, it could, it, it, it makes a difference. Or you're unsure. Yeah. You know, right. or am I going to, you know, by just having somebody there with you, you're encouraging them to do it and you yeah. got to get out with your folks. You got to get out there with them. I can't tell you how I've started that. Thanks to you, Dan, <laughs> for the last two years. And it has made a huge difference, and they can't wait till I come out. When are you coming to see my park? When are you coming to ride on the bus? When are you going to do this? Yeah. And so it's made a huge difference because they're proud. They're proud. They want to show off what they're really doing because we are making a big impact to right. our citizens. I right. hope that answered your question. Yeah. And, I mean, you recently spent time on riding the bus up and down 19. I did. And so you want me to share that story? Sure. So I did. I rode the um, uh, Route 19 bus with Rosemarie, who's our outreach person for the bus. And we went up and down um, 19, and, and, and it was very busy. A lot of people coming on the bus that I, you know, here I am with my nice clothes and my little designer bag and everything. And we had a great time. We had a great time. And one gentleman come on, and he had no money, come on the bus, and he just had no money. And he had all the bags on him. We let him on. I started sitting talking to him, and he was homeless. And so we got chatting, and I, I said, how old are you? I'm about 20 years old. And I'm like, dude, why do you live like this? You know, why? I mean, you're just a good-looking kid. And he was, like, sharing me some personal experiences because they have issues. That's right. what led them to this. And I, I would say, you have no money. How are you getting your food? I sit at McDonald's until somebody buys me a burger. Well, you have a cell phone. How are you paying for that cell phone? I'm seeing your cell phone. Oh, I didn't pay for this. He said, I just plug it in. I, everything's been shut off. I just plug it in. I go to um, McDonald's. I get their Wi-Fi. I map out where I'm going next. Well, how do you make a phone call? Well, there's an app you can download to make a phone call on the Wi-Fi. I learned so much from that. Right. And even the bus driver was, I, you know, and, and I always send thank you notes. Right. When I'm done, I send thank you note to the bus driver. I send thank you note to Rosemary. And we really had a great time. And one night I, re- I rode a paratransit bus about a month ago. And there was a lady on the bus, and her leg was half amputated. And so started chatting with her about, you know, how, how do you like the bus and all that. And you could tell she was very bitter because she's in that situation. She said, you know, a year ago I was independent. I was independent a year ago. Mm. And I, def- I, I rely on my bus drivers now to take me. I just wish we could have a day where you would take us just shopping one day to the Wiregrass Mall. Well, guess what? We're doing it December 12th. Because we listen to our folks. Mm-hmm. Our folks want to do this. Right. You just, they don't, 
have time sometimes to hear all the ideas either. Right. But we put, they make the idea and our team makes it happen. Right. And how powerful is that? Yeah. Uh, great. Great story. So Keith, you parks, you know, bugs and bunnies, yeah. you know, leagues, yeah. you know, you got park at the very Southwest corner of the County and, and close, and then you have one at the very Northwest corner of the County. Yeah. How do you manage that breadth yeah, and lead so, that breadth? So, um, I think that the philosophy of wandering around a bit is, is something that, um, I think I've always done, but now again, it's encouraged to do. It's amazing what you learn if you swing into a facility and just say, hey, how's it going? Now, I will admit that that wasn't the culture. So when I started to do that, it freaked <laughs> a lot of people out. And they were like, why is he here? What's he, what is he, why is he asking so many questions? Mm-hmm. But uh, the information that you gain from, from that, those kind of experiences and, and you know, um, maybe necessarily unplanned meetings is invaluable. Right. Um, but to, to, you know, Kathy's point, uh, you know, you... I'm blessed to have a team that really, really cares about what they do and are very, very passionate uh, and very knowledgeable as well. So you, you know, you don't need to know every detail, uh, and and you have to have a high level of trust uh, that the team's making good decisions. Uh, I think that that for me, you know, again, kind of transitioning from the natural resources world to the parks world, I, you know, there was a steep learning curve initially, but luckily I had a team in place that that you know, um, with the right encouragement made the right statements, right? And then you get right. that trust built, and then you're like, well, you don't need to talk to me anymore. That, that's, that's a good decision. Just continue right. to move on. And they are blossoming. Yeah, Because absolutely. of your leadership. They're blossoming. Well, thank you. But Seriously. They, yeah. so I mean, they stuff. were, three years ago, they would be afraid <laughs> to make those decisions. They right. were timid. They were... I, I think that was, that was probably the hardest part was, was when you... So my, my style of leadership is um, sometimes I forget that I'm a leader, right? So, which is probably a good thing. So mm-hmm. I'm extremely open. It's pretty much my personality. But it, in a culture where that wasn't historically the case, right. it's kind of frightening for some people. Right. And I think that that took a bit of time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once they realized, no, no, he actually is asking those questions because he genuinely wants to help you in your job. Right. Um, you get past that, and then that's when a lot of good stuff starts Absolutely. happening. So, so, so I, I heard trust mentioned a lot, uh, and and I've heard you know caring for your people a lot. You could probably take the words and call that love, right? Um, kind of a weird word sometimes in the English language because it means right. so many different things. Um, but how do you, with respect to those two words and your teams, how do you continue, or how does a younger person who's coming into the career field work on building those skills in what is a low trust culture, right? We, li- we, we live and work in a low trust, not Pasco County, but the United States in general. We're a pretty low trust culture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you build those skills into those people? Or how, do, how would a young person listening to this say, okay, those are some skills. How would you rec- mentor them to build those kinds of skills in what they're doing? First of all, how, how I learned and I think this is how all of us are going to learn. You, when you listen to your folks and there's an idea and it's a good idea, you got to let them create that idea. Right. If we're just listening and not doing anything about it, then there's no trust. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my motto is if your team does not believe in the messenger, then the message is never going to get done. It's not going to be trusted. So as a young leader, you have to encourage your folks to come with those ideas and you have to act on them and if you don't act on them 
you have to tell them why they can't be acted on it. Right. That's so many times in my career, I've been so gun ho about a project and I'll go to my boss and my boss goes, oh, that's nice. And then when I go to implement it, I get shut down. Or there's right. no support. Or there's no support. For, for you to feel comfortable to implement Thank it. You. Right, right, Thank you, thank right. you. And that's where I think distinguishes great leaders from just mediocre leaders, so. Right. So, so when you do that, um, and you've you've given that trust to your team, and then they make a mistake. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a defining moment, right? Absolutely. How, there's a way to continue to build the trust, and there's a way not to. How do you deal with that when the, when they come to you and they say, "This is what we did," and you're like, "Boy, I wouldn't have done it that way." Yeah. How do you how do you, I, what are some ways you deal with that to continue to build that trust level? I would say, how, you know, well, how do you? not make mistakes. I mean, it happens, right? So, you know, uh, that happened in my office and someone, you know, knocks on the door and I think we made a mistake. And I'm like, well, that's, that's okay. That, I mean, you're, we're not going to bat a thousand. I mean, that's, you know, that's impossible. So I, I think I, I will never, I will happen. never sit down with somebody and say, I would have done it differently. That's right. number one. I would yeah. never say that because that already is creating the defense right. mode. So the first thing I would probably say is it's okay. Let's talk about it. And how are we not going to make this happen again? Right. What did you, you learn from this? Because believe me, I have messed up tons of time. But I've learned every time. And I think that's what makes you build to be a better leader. Because it's okay to fail. It's right. okay to fall. Really I think is. I think the problem the, the the issue there is if you see that repetition, you know, because I mean, exactly. to Kathy's point, you'd like, to, you'd like to grow and evolve right. from that. And if you keep, you know, it's kind of like that that old mantra, you know, the guy that walks down the street and keeps falling in the hole. Eventually, you'd like to see that he either walks around it or jumps over it. Right. So, mm -hmm. okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's learn. I think the biggest I think uh, I and I and I always tell my folks this that if you mess up on paperwork and things like that, we can get through that. But when you mess up with the public, boy, that's a lot harder to clean up. Mm -hmm. So those are the things you really have to talk about. And they come to me and they've messed up on, you know, uh, a numbers or something and they didn't pay a bill. We I'm haven't okay. done that, though. No. Yeah. yeah. See, I just wanted to just <laughs> yeah. for the record. No, but it's the public <laughs> stuff that is right. the hardest thing to fix. Right. Or longer, I should say. Right. 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 Okay. So just kind of going back to the to as we talk about younger leaders, in your career, when did you decide you wanted to lead others? Because, right, I mean, we all have a decision point where I want to be in the technical role or I want to, I'm going to be in sales or that. Mm -hmm. or at some point, you have to make a decision to go, I want to go from the technical piece to the leadership piece. Believe it or not, for me, is when my mom, from a very young age, when I saw my mom and the struggles, I knew right then that I had to, sometimes I had to lead the household because she had to work two or three jobs. And my brother, you know, was going through his own issues because the loss of his dad at 10 years old. And so then I became the, the student government. You know, I was in student government. I was the captain of the cheerleaders. I had to be, I knew right then and there. You the captain of the cheerleaders? I was co-captain. You want to see a picture? Uh, I, 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 I would like to see that I'm going to show it to you after this. I have it in my phone because somebody just sent it to me. You know, so. You're never getting away with that again. So the next so, director's meeting, we're talking about that. I'll put it up on the screen for you and see if you can pick me up. But um, so that knew right then and there that, I had, I I was probably born to do right. this, All right? Because of my experience. Yeah, and Keith, you know your background's in biology, the biologist background in in the field and that kind of stuff. So how do you, once you take that leadership role, you're gonna get out of the field. 
Yeah, right? yeah. It's, that's my. I used to tell my kids, you know, oh, I had this great day in the field, and I did this and did that. And now they say, well, what'd you do, Dad? I'm like, well, I talked to a lot of people, and I did, read a lot of emails and went to a lot of meetings. Um, that's, and they're <laughs> like, well, that doesn't right. sound like, yeah. Um, for me, you know, I don't think I had, there was a defining moment. I think I kept finding myself in rooms with people um, where it's, solutions or decisions needed to be made and I found myself wondering why no one was saying anything and I was the only one saying something uh, regardless of what the issue was so it just it just kind of naturally happened I don't think I had any intention of being a leader to be quite honest with you I'm I'm uncomfortable with the limelight and 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 even doing things like this Um, but I think it's not you're fine no no but I you know yeah at the end of the day it's not it's not my comfort zone so but I think you know, again, getting back for, to that meaningful contribution, you know, you got to kind of do what you what your what your calling is at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So, you know, you just kind of found myself right. here, I think. And, and you got the introvert down at this end of the room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I want to tag on a little bit more about the young. Okay. You're talking about the yeah. young leaders. So what us as leaders have to be careful is that we don't focus on their generation. Right. And okay. making yeah. sure. And I learned that from you. <laughs> so don't focus on the generation. Focus on the person right. as a whole. And so that sometimes can get in the way of some leaders that they, oh, this millennium or millennial, you know, don't do that. Yeah, we're all people. We're all people. Doesn't matter when you were born. Exactly. All people. We right. just have if different. If they want to become a leader right. and they want to mentor and be beside you to do that, then mentor them all the way. Yeah. Right. So going back to that, how do you raise up young leaders or, or leaders in your organization? So I'm, right. going to use, I'm going to use Brian Hoban, okay. my program administrator, for an example, okay? So Brian has been with me two years now. And so when he came into the organization, um, at least into public services, we're still trying to figure out what his role is and how, how are we going to communicate and all that kind of good thing. And Brian's probably going to kill me when I tell him this, but I say this on podcasts. But I remember the distinct day that he was with me for about three months. And... I felt that he was um, waiting for me to tell him what to do or waiting for me to give him assignments. And we brought him in and I said, listen, that's not this role. You have my full support to go out there and build your relationships with the directors. Don't wait for me to give you assignments. Go out there and I have a particular assignment I'm going to get. And I remember the look on his face. He was like, and from that day on, that guy has gone to the moon mm-hmm. and further. I mean, he is tremendous. He's definitely started emailing us more. That's yeah. <laughs> and I think you just had to, you have to have that conversation right. that if they, that they want to be in that role and he chose to be in that role, you have to help them in a professional way to get there and give them the support. Don't wait for me. Go for it. Go okay. for it. You don't have to ask me everything. Right. So, yeah. so I, I think bringing people into the organization at any level is probably the most one of the most critical decisions a team can make it's so what i what i tell the group is hey you know look for the look for the most talented person out there um you know they may not they may not have everything you need on the piece of paper but if the chemistry's right if the mm-hmm. you know emotional intelligence is there um you know you know the passion to to do our work is there um, bring them on because that's that little extra oomph that they need to kind of, you know, a lot of this stuff is people say opening, like leadership. You're supposed to open a door for your team so they can get to the next hallway, to the next room. Let's be honest. Sometimes it's more than just opening a door. It's literally dropping your shoulder and knocking the door down, depending on what the issue is. Mm-hmm. So you kind of really need that extra 
oomph, you know what I mean, to kind of make that happen. And sometimes you only kind of crack the door. <laughs> so I think that little extra passion is is kind of what you're looking for. So you, you know, you go, you wander around, you observe, you look at your team, and you start to see who those folks are, and you put them in positions and give them opportunities to, to you know, to expand and to develop and stuff like that. And you know, the other really th- important thing is is identifying. Someone may be really, really good at their job, but they now may not be ready for that at that exactly. point in time. Right. So what you don't want to do is throw someone in a situation that, you know, um, they can't really handle just because they, they're they're identi- they're they're showing some aptitude in, in, in a certain area. They may be technically sound, but maybe they again they're not an outstanding leader. So because not everybody gotta, wants to be a leader. Either. Yeah, and you, so you have to know that. So I think you have to really you got to observe and you got to watch, and it gets back to the relationship piece. You. You have to know who these people are. You, they can't just be, you know, names on an org chart. You got to know, you know, so and so. Oh well, this is their, this is what, this is what their, you know, this is what their life is like right now. And this is what they're ready for. And I think that that's a big piece. You know, just yesterday I sat with one of our case managers, and so um, we were waiting for an appointment to come for a client because I wanted to see her in action on that, and the person never came. But we sat there for an hour and a half and just talked. And that, to me, was better than sitting and watching her in action because I learned so much about her. She learned about me. We talked about um, Pasco. We talked about what it was like when she first started and all that kind of good thing. And to me, that that's... We talked, did you ever want to be lead? No, I don't want to be lead. I'm very happy where I am. I want to be a case manager till I retire. Right. Yeah. And so those are the things and that- it's not bad. I it's mean, that's, not. There's nothing wrong and, with that. Absolutely. And, and you shouldn't feel like, well, I failed because I couldn't move that person up a peg you no. know, in the organization. It's, that, and she's that's an excellent fine. case manager. Sometimes that's actually, I think that's also really showing really good signs of leadership that you're putting people in the right place. Because exactly. that's, another, that's another piece to it also. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the Jim Collins, not just get on the bus, the right people on the bus, but get them in the right seat. On the mm-hmm. right seat, on the absolutely. Bus. Yeah. So, Kathy, just want to touch a little bit on, um, you know, in, in local government, I think the number is about 16 to 17% of administrative, chief administrative officials, so city managers, county administrators are female in the country. Um, here in Pasco, if you look at our leadership team, down to the if you cut the slice at the assistant director level, we're about thirty eight percent female. Um, countywide employees about thirty three percent, so a little more than countywide employees. So, but one of the things is, and you know, we're coming through, you know, our generations, you know, more male dominated in the workforce. How do we develop the women leaders? Because it's it's not necessarily the same development curve as as the guys. So, mm-hmm. how, what are your some of your thoughts on that? Oh, so I, this may sound corny to you, but it's really true. I never play the female card, number one. I always thought of myself as a leader mm-hmm. or a good at my position. And that's how I think a lot of successful females have to think about it, is that I'm good at my job and I'm confident in my job. And whether I'm surrounded by men really does not matter to me. So I think, but some women aren't there yet. And so I think as for me as a female, I need to encourage some of those women that want to go into leadership roles and coach them to know that it's okay, that you're going to have your stumble blocks. Because sometimes when we say things, women do, um, we're looked upon differently than if a man says it. I want to say the word, but I won't say that word. So sometimes we're looked at as being, it's okay for Keith to say something and 
sometimes it gets paid attention to, but sometimes we're too emotional or we can be tend to be rude or whatever. Right. So right. those are things that you've had to learn, but I need to, us women in leadership need to help mentor and encourage. So, so what, what advice would you have for like Keith and I with respect to mentoring women in leadership and developing that? Because we don't want to just develop part of our organization. We want to develop 100% of our organization of those that want to be leaders to be leaders. So I right? would say to you is, again, I wouldn't say just because they're a female. If they're potential leaders, whether they're a male or a female, it's your jobs to develop them. <laughs> and so I, I don't look at it that way. And if the, the if the female is having issues with that, then send them my way or send them to another woman in, that we do have some other directors of the women. Send them their way to help them develop that. Maybe we should have, we have a leadership development, maybe we need to start a women's mm-hmm. development um, class or something like that to help with that. I, I think that'd be a great I idea. I don't know if it's my, um, I'd like to, to add something. I mean, I think they should be bold. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that, um, you know, I think you need to continue to, to just dispel a lot of those old stereotypes exactly. that, you know, if someone, uh, you know, has that potential that they shouldn't be, you know, dominant or bold or, or you know, uh, assertive in trying to move an agenda forward without actually, you know, being accused of something negative, you know. Right. Um, that's, I think we're, I would like to believe that we're getting past that. So I would, I, I would encourage them to continue, you know, and I have, I have, you know, a few females that are in leadership positions in the department and I would, enc- I encourage them to do that all the time. You know, don't, I'm don't be quiet. I'm trying to think of all our directors yeah. and I think we're pretty half and half yeah, with public yeah. services. I don't think be quiet. Are. Yeah. Continue to be bold and, and, mm-hmm. you know, do what you think is right. Okay. So before I get into the lightning round, because, um, any tools, words of wisdom you'd, you'd want to share with our leader listeners that we didn't kind of get to yet? I do want to share something that um, to be a leader, you've you got you got to mean what you say and say what you do. You know, you've got to do it. Mm-hmm. And you've you got to be that. And, and you have to you have to listen and care for your folks. And they cannot be afraid to come to you on anything. And we have to surround ourselves with people that are, are that encouraging and not discouraging. That's probably my biggest tip for anybody. If you have some people that are bringing you down, don't hang around with them. Don't stay with them. Don't even be with them. We need to get them out of the organization. So that's probably one of my biggest. Okay. And I think yeah. we've done a lot of that. Yeah. yeah I, think, I, think, I, I think we are evolving from, from a cultural perspective. I would say, I hate to... Uh, she could probably hire hire me as an agent, but that Kim Scott book that we read, the yes. radical uh, candor. Radical candor. Absolutely. I mean, you know, care deeply and and uh, speak directly or whatever. I mean, I think that that's uh, challenge that is, directly, is, yeah, care personally. So simple, and it's kind of like you know when you're in these meetings and you 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 hear that you're like, oh, well, that's common sense, but. Again, it's just, it's so simple, and I think we miss it, you know, because we feel like we're a supervisor and we need to, people need to follow us because of our title. People are going to follow you if they actually, if they know you care about them and what we're trying to do as a team. But again, um, I think the higher up that you go in an organization, you can't be afraid to, to, you know, to, to realize that it does take sometimes a little extra work. And at the end of the day, um, I think it's our, we watched a video the other day, I actually asked Paula for the, for the link. It was, it kind of clicked for me. It was this, the momentum piece in leadership. And I feel like that's kind of where you need to get to, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then every, everything else kind of, I believe will kind of solve right. itself. And I think sometimes getting to that momentum piece 
going back to that analogy of the doorway and the hall, right. the hallway, sometimes, you know, you, you have to be a little fearless, not reckless, fearless and persistent and kind of get to that point to create the momentum. It's right. very, very difficult sometimes, but you have to get there. A lot of times I say you don't necessarily need to be the smartest person in the room. Sometimes you just have to have really strong willpower to get right. there. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right, I, I love this saying, people don't start to believe until they feel that they belong. Right. And that's such a great philosophy. I mean, really, we yeah. have to, and that's well, part and of it. And it all goes back to people, right? And you're referencing the John Maxwell yes. Five Levels of yes, Leadership that's, that's video what, that we watched. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I appreciate that. So I'm going to do a real quick lightning round. Really, just this is kind of supposed to be a little fun. Also, Uh-oh. let the listeners learn a little more about us. And so what I'll do is I'll kind of alternate, but I want you both to answer both questions and we'll, we'll do a few of these. I'm not going to do all 12. Uh, well, maybe the last one's interesting. So Kathy, texting or talking, which you prefer? Talking. Talking. Keith? Talking. Talking. Well, well, that's the non-Z generation right there. So <laughs> That's the public services. In yeah, there you go. That's, yeah. So uh, Keith, favorite day of the week? Monday. Monday. Wow. Yeah. Don't hear that one very often, yeah. Kathy. Mine's Friday. Friday? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, mine's one when it ends in a Y. How about that? <laughs> uh, Kathy, favorite city in the U.S. besides the one you live in? Probably Boston. Really? Mm-hmm. I was going to say Disneyland, but well, that's the happiest place on earth. It is. <laughs> My second is Las Vegas, believe it or not. So. <laughs> Boston. Okay. Wow. Uh, Denver. Denver. Hmm. All right. So... Nickname your parents used to call you. Wow, uh, Chichi Beans. Chichi Beans. No, that's it out was there just forever Catherine. now. Just Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> Catherine Ann. Catherine Ann. Well, that was the bad news. That was the the. That was yeah, no. That, that was the uh, every day. Okay. All right. Well, this is this is a interesting one because it's a technology one. The last song you downloaded? Because how many people download songs anymore? Wow. I just downloaded the uh, whole Frozen 2 um, oh, well, of course. album. <laughs> of course. Disney. I wow. did. Yeah. Probably like something from Big uh, Jacko Pierce, or uh, I couldn't even tell you. It's been probably 10 years, 12 years since I've downloaded a song. So, favorite holiday? When when holiday season? Halloween. Halloween? Mine's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. Okay. You notice I have not answered any of these. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. when you were the answer. I thought we were going to lightning round. We were oh, lightning round. <laughs> so talking or texting, depending. I said, why? Favorite city? Hmm. Probably San Antonio. Got married there. So uh, love that place. <laughs> I'm not going to answer that nickname. It was Danny. But, yeah, I still get called that by somebody I special. I know. We, we heard that from yeah. your wife not too yeah. long ago. Um, last song I downloaded was uh, Kanye's new album. So, uh I, did I say his name right? Yeah. Because I used to yeah. not say his name right. Mm-hmm. I, I got that's corrected. Right. That's yeah. right. So, uh, I, I like the combination of Christmas, New Year's, just the holiday season, because mm-hmm. of you see part of the world's attitude changes between Thanksgiving and the end of the year mm-hmm. that you don't see the other 10 months of the year. Right. So, um, all right. <laughs> what age do you want to retire? Well, now this is not a, husband, this is not a part of a. So you know. my husband tells me between seventy and seventy-five. Mm-hmm. That's my husband because he wants to retire, and so he wants me to keep working. I really don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, nice uh, guy. Yeah, huh? I thought you said he's a nice guy. So he is a really nice guy, but when it comes to that, um, 
I really don't know. As long as I have it here, right. and I got the energy, and I got a fantastic team, and the political environment is great, right? I don't know. Okay. I can't answer that. Yeah. Sixty-two. Sixty-two. Yeah. Man, that's <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, you, you wanna, you wanna be, you know, you, I don't know, you wanna do stuff, and it's hard to do stuff with work, work-life balance, children, and stuff like that. So I'd like to. I'd like to, you know, get okay. to it. Like yeah, to get no, to fair it. Enough. Yeah. yeah, no, fair enough. All right, you answer. Answer. What's happen. yours? I'll say this is my third career. I'll start a fourth career. I don't know if I'll ever retire. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't unless know I either. unless I just can't get out of bed and you know I'm needed. Exactly. I need help for everything. Mm-hmm. You know, which you know that's probably a few decades away. Is this wood? So, all right. So, the last question: Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? Vegetarian eat animal crackers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm not a vegetarian. I eat everything. So for me, <laughs> they need to stay away from any food that I want to have because they're always off, off me of what I eat. So okay. I think it's terrible. I then. guess if they were thinking that there was some soul connection of the image of the animal to the actual <laughs> animal, then there might be an issue. But I I mean, yeah, I, I think... I really don't care, do yeah, you? No, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. There we go. Hey, <laughs> well, I don't there we really go. care. Well, hey, I want to thank both both of you uh, for being here today, Kathy and Keith. It's great uh, to have you both. Um, appreciate thank you for it. being the first, the the first one. one. Yeah, this is and awesome. And so, first of many, more many. Oh, uh, okay. And so, and also, as we, as we wrap up, I uh, want to space... space Spay. There go. Animal Spay services right there. Spay and neuter. Mike would be proud. Save. <laughs> yeah, he would. Special thanks to our media relations team who really made this effort possible. You know, Tambry Lane, Brendan Fitterer. Did I get that right? Well, sure. Aaron Leg. That the whole team. They do a great job uh, for us here in Pasco County. And sometimes we don't recognize the behind the scenes people enough. And yeah, I, I can't leave without a shout out to my chief of staff who pulls all this stuff together. So Yo, Paul. Paula. Paul Paul Barcalo does great work, mm-hmm. and so I appreciate her as well. And so, and so, thank you uh, for joining us for the first episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Dan Biles. And so, until the next one, thanks and have a great day. Mm-hmm.